Second Amendment Radio in the great outdoors is sponsored by Intervine. Get the best camping lanterns, flashlights, and more at Intervine.com. edition of Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Tony Colombo here in studio with producer Chad Ellis and my partner Bo Matthews. Bo, how are you? Good, man. Good. Good morning. Uh, oh, oh, crap. Morning, crap. Afternoon. So, so, sorry. You never know when somebody's <laughs> listening. You never well, know. that's true. You You're going to give me a pass on that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you could be listening on the podcast. <laughs> it could be morning. You could be listening... Uh, on the radio, it could be afternoon, you could be listening on the podcast, it could be the middle of the night. You know what I mean? Nice save, man. Yeah, Thanks. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, how's it going? How was your week? Uh, good. Uh, actually uh, had uh, some family roll through town and uh, fished my pond. It was so cute. A uh, five-year-old and a two-year-old both had their little Snoopy poles. Nice. And as soon as they saw the pond, they were, they were gone on a cross-country trip. And as soon as the little five-year-old saw the pond, he ran back to the car and pulled out the fishing pole. Let's go fishing! That's awesome. And it was fantastic. It was just so cool to see. So uh, Smith and Stone were the two youngins, and uh, we had a great time. It was fun. What did they? Um, what what's what's in the pond there? We know all the catfish are gone. Um, <laughs> well, we, we we assume, uh, but <laughs> no, no we, they, they, we know uh, we know. I know you're holding Ch- on hope, but they're gone. Chad, you got my back on this one? Come on. No. Uh, anyway. <laughs> you're on your own. <laughs> Not it's at been, all. It's been too long. It's been too long. Yeah. Just get some, so more, you gotta look- get some more, put them in there. They're um, gone. Yeah. 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 Let them fish uh, it So again. what's in there? There's a little crappie in there, uh, bass. Uh, nice. There's grass carp that are dinosaurs. They're huge. They've been there forever. Right. Um, so, yeah, no, it was, it was just cool because, you know, as you know, you have little ones. When you take a kid fishing, that's your job. You're not fishing that day. No, 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 no. You know, no. You're taking a kid fishing, right? So, right. Uh, the, these little guys haven't uh, they haven't fished uh, much uh, in their young years. But uh, my cousin, uh, he admitted he'd only fished five times in his life, and he's almost forty. Wow. And it's like, oh, my, but he was also right there. He was ready to go. That's awesome. So we, yeah, we had a good time. That's fun. That is a whole lot of fun. Uh, we'll have to talk uh, a little bit more about uh, the great outdoors and and fishing and all that stuff here a little bit later on in the show, um, because it's we're back to like getting some really nice weather here, oh, and uh, it's a great time to uh, to be getting outside and spending some time out there. Uh, right now, though, I want to get Aaron Tarlow into the conversation. Of course, Aaron, the owner of Southern Armory, joins us every week at this time. Aaron, how's it going? Good. How are you guys? Oh, can't complain. Um, I wish that we could spend the whole show talking about fishing and being outside and um, all the fun stuff that uh, is available to us uh, right now. But unfortunately, there's also a lot of serious stuff happening. I wanted to, I have some specific stories to get to um, here as as we as we go through the show. But um, first, I just wanted to ask, actually, both of you, Aaron, you go first. Did you, did you pay very much attention to the Democratic National Convention this week? And if so, did you see or hear anything that... Uh, particularly uh, grabbed your attention? So uh, just snippets, you know, 
my blood pressure goes super high, and if you think I'm bad, <laughs> my wife is even worse. So it was just the, the little snippets that came in and out. Um, you know, our our nominated vice president um, apparently kind of got into it, and then the old um, old confused Joe talked about the AR-14 videos were were circulating again. Um, but you know, it just does not look good for your second amendment rights, um, Mm. on, on the the democratic front, if you're going to vote Democrat. No, I agree. And I, and, and I'm a news junkie and I usually even, you know, both sides watch the conventions and all the speeches and this isn't next, this isn't necessarily the Democrats fault. It's their fault that it was so clunky and boring but it's not their fault that they couldn't be in front of people, and you know that that kind of puts them at a disadvantage already. But I think they could have done a better job with it. But Bo, I don't know if you watched any of it. it I barely watched it because it was impossible to watch. It was so boring. There was no, you know, no big moments because the 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 crowd, the cheering, the the um, uh, impromptu, the yeah, the impromptu things that just happen. You know, those yeah. are the moments that everybody always remembers from these things. And when you just got a bunch of scripted people in their living room recording a five-minute speech, you know, one day this week, and then they put right. it on. I mean, it's just it was it was not it was not a uh, uh, intriguing thing to watch. They, and they are, edited they too. Yeah, they yeah. are showmen, and if they don't have that crowd to feed off of, um, this is all politicians, in, in my opinion. Um, they don't have that crowd to feed off of. Just shows you how how dull and really, um, yeah, we'll yeah. Just go with dull. Yeah, we'll yeah. Just you know, how dull that they really are. Mm-hmm. I am anxious to see the RNC next week because, uh, I, I, you know, maybe they're watching the DNC and going, okay, we can do this differently. We can do this outside. We can do this with a crowd. I think they have the advantage as far as the presentation of the uh, of the convention itself. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I remember seeing Barack Obama in, what was it, 2006 when he spoke uh, before he was running. 2004. Um, it, 2004, and thank you. He was awesome. It was a he. He had me in tears. Mm-hmm. He was and, awesome. And then to see, and then to see the white-haired uh, Barack Obama on the on the uh, DNC this week, it's like, oh boy, mm-hmm. Bill Clinton um, in two thousand eight when he, you know, right after Hillary and and Barack had that really contentious primary, and Barack Obama won the you know won the nomination. This was before you know when he was running for the first time, and everybody kind of thought like, well, what's Bill Clinton going to say at the DNC when he talks? And he went for like 25 minutes and it was all, you know, like rah, rah, Barack Obama and Democrats and we got a rally to, I mean, and it was like, it was a moment, but you know, like him or not, it, it, it was an awesome, like it was a, it was a big deal. It really boost, uh, Barack in, in 2008 and, and like you said, in 2004, Barack Obama himself, when he kind of got on the national stage for the first time speaking at the DNC, yet, slick. you don't he was get so any, slick. you don't get any of that when people are, you know, sitting in their backyard, absolutely pre-produced three minute uh, video. Uh, right. But but they did they did touch on gun violence. And of course, they talked about, uh, you know, the gun laws and and how it's too violent. And it's uh, it's certainly fixable. But they're thinking by confiscating the guns that they can stop evil, and they just cannot do that. They mm-hmm. just can't because the gun owners that I know and that you know and probably that are listening to the station are law-abiding citizens. And so when they when they constrict these laws so much more, 
it's 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 such a disservice because yeah. it's not the law it's not the law abiding gun owners it's the bad guys that are doing all the killing and it's just yeah, it, and it's Aaron, like they're and, missing the mark completely and Aaron they know that the Democrats by, by and large at least the ones that have been there for a long time and and know politics they know that bad guys are going to break the law that. Criminals are criminals because they don't follow the law. So right. making passing laws to restrict gun ownership is not going to stop criminals. The Democrats know that, but they still continue with this message. Uh, why is that, in your opinion? Well, we'll just look at let's just look at like St. Louis. Let's look at Chicago. Um, they the the mayors and the prosecuting attorney of the state's attorneys, etc., have basically. Uh, taken their hands off of the criminals, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Sheriff Marshak's um, sheriff's uh, department just had a uh, stolen car and a shooting on. They got all three subjects. This literally just happened this week, and all three subjects being held without bail in Hillsborough at the at the county jail, and they're going to be charged. If this was St. Louis, you know, then you go to kind of the other contrast here. We just had a news story in St. Louis about, you know, the the young lady from DeSoto, Missouri, which is in Jefferson County, getting um, hit by the car that was being chased by the police and people in the bed of the truck got thrown out. She got killed. And then now you've got these business owners coming out going, well, hey, this is a every weekend event. This is down by Bush Stadium. You had a resident of a loft down there going, oh, yeah, there's gunfire down here constantly. People in the street driving the wrong way, ATVs. It's just absolutely insane. And it just goes to stark contrast between, hey, here's St. Louis City and here's Jefferson County, which is still in the St. Louis region, and kind of the the difference in policing, the difference of enforcement. And then you look at St. Louis County, and it's kind of a blend. You know, St. Louis County has that non-pursuit policy. Jefferson County has it as well. But there's that stark difference between um, of the crime. And it seems to be the, the closer you get to St. Louis city, the worse it is. And then as you get further away, you get into the Jefferson County and the Franklin counties and the St. Charles counties, the crime starts to drop off. But then you look at the position of those politicians and the, the standpoint of what the sheriffs will do. And it's, it's vastly different, including the prosecuting attorneys, you know, the prosecuting attorney in St. Louis city, and the mayor, in my opinion, completely worthless. And because they have made criminals feel comfortable, feel safe, they are so emboldened that they will drag race, do you know, big yeah. giant burnouts, shoot guns right in front of Bush Stadium, mm-hmm. where there's going to be you know, where there are families. I mean, I looked at my wife and I said, I'm kind of glad that. I mean, and I, we love Major League Baseball. So every year we go to the Phillies Cardinals game, and Piper and I wear our Cardinals jerseys and, and Mama Bear does too, but um and literally, you know, Piper's first couple of games, she's on the Jumbotron. She's up dancing, strutting her stuff and having a great time. And and it's a good it's a great family memory. And unfortunately you've got families that are not gonna be able to make those memories because of the, the COVID situation. But then let's say they do open up MLB again for the fans to come back. Like I don't know if I want to take my wife and daughter down there. I can't carry a gun. And uh, if I leave my car in a parking lot, maybe my car gets broken into and the gun gets stolen. And, and it, it's just it's just too many what ifs. So I think your super safety conscientious, you know, gun owners, CCW carriers, you know, et cetera, we're going to be thinking about, hey, 
you know, it's all about risk management. And that's some of the things we touch about in classes, you know, it's risk management. You know, if you own uh, apartment complexes and rough neighborhoods and you've got to go down there for a showing at 10 o'clock at night, you, you might want to reschedule it. You know, 10 o'clock at night seems a little suspicious. Go during the day, more people around, et cetera. Not that, you know, uh, it's still not a, a rougher neighborhood. It's just mitigating the circumstances and the risk. And it's all it's all about that when you carry a gun. And um, I look at that as my personal life, too. You know, whether we're flying airplanes, going to the shooting range, doing business stuff, it's risk versus benefit. And I tell you what, I can catch a Cardinals game on the television just as easy as I can go downtown. And of course. If, if downtown is on fire like it has been here. Um, now it's starting to get reported a little bit more. Why would I want to subject my, my now three-year-old and my mm-hmm. wife to that? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, Aaron, you touched on uh, CCW classes. What's the latest there at Southern Armory? It's been something that we've talked a lot about. we got a lot of new gun owners out there, a lot of first-time gun owners, which is great. But at a time when um, CCW classes, not only, of course, at Southern Armory, but everywhere, you know, have been unavailable because the, we, people are unable to gather, unable to take classes. Um, what's the latest with that? Are you guys um, able to start teaching classes again anytime soon, or are there laws, current restrictions that keep you from um, from having those gatherings? What's the latest in that department? So we, we have to have contact hours. So basically after talking a little bit uh, with, with individuals that kind of govern this, it's like we think we can do the contact hours um, via, um, you know, a – a zoom where you know we see you you see us we can show you the slides you can still get that and then scheduling times out uh to go to uh the ranges now the ranges are starting to to kind of cut back now too with the resurgence of covid so we're going to start using um the private property that we lease and just scheduling people out hey you're going to be here at this time and then you know they leave and then the next group comes in that way we have that that social separation there Good stuff. And what else is happening at Southern Armory before we let you go? Uh, we've got ammo. Uh, ammo nice. is steady. <laughs> yeah. AR-15s are coming. Handguns are coming in. Um, on the regular, you know, we had to really um, diversify where we were sourcing stuff from. We just couldn't stick to the old play the old playbook of, well, this is how it was before, and this is how it's going to go back. You know, we had to adapt, and it just took time to ramp up all of that. And now it's in full swing, and it's like, you know, wow, we got five cases in of, of this ammo, and we got four in of this, and we've actually got shelves with, you know, boxes on it. It's like, this is great. And now we're we're getting ready to receive another shipment of 10 AR-15s uh, in from this manufacturer, and they've got 10 more in process for us. So the good news is, is if you want guns and ammo, and we got some magazines in and things like that, uh, that is very doable. If you're looking for something specific, you know, and it's just not available, we probably have it on order. So give us your name and your contact info, and we'll get a hold of you when it comes in. You'll have first right of refusal. Uh, if you're just kind of looking to shop, you know, come in um, like that Thursday and Friday because we're getting a lot of orders in on the Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And uh, you can even call, too, and just kind of see what we have coming because a lot of this stuff is people are coming in going, hey, do you have this? Yeah, we do. We've got it coming. It's going to be here on Thursday. We've got this many, and this is the price, and people are buying it literally right off this list before it even hits the wall. 
Hey, Aaron, so I got a question for you. Can you put Piper yeah. out on the boulevard? Will Crestwood allow you to have Piper out there with a sign that says, got ammo, question mark, and an arrow <laughs> pointing to your store? Can we do that? That would, that would be great. I, they would, I, don't know, I don't think they'd have a problem with it. You know, they get the tax revenue off of it, but three years old <laughs> right. from a standpoint, you know, like, uh, I don't know, maybe we go out there together. Yeah, the labor laws it. and all that. But, uh, oh, she's three. I'm sorry. I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. She's itty-bitty. But I tell you what, she's, a, she's one heck of a shooter. That's one thing that we did do my wife will probably kill me for this but we did when during the COVID thing i was like you want to go to the shooting range and she goes yeah i do and i go let's go so uh she shot her 22 she's the only uh three-year-old i know that has a 22 with a suppressor on it and then she just shot two shots and says okay dad and then i uh, went back and sat on the, the picnic table and played with her toys and we just kind of looked at each other like that's it two shots you get in the simulator and you shoot zombies constantly uh, so She's just something else. And balloon animals, that's another thing she likes to, to go in the simulator and shoot. So the, that simulator is great, you know, especially if you can't get to the range um, or you want to bring your kids out or something like that. Simulator is an awesome tool because, you know, it's just not all bad guys. You know, we've got zombies and balloon animals and cowboys. And um, yeah. and it's it's fun. That's Even fun. I like shooting balloon animals. Heck, yeah. That's great stuff. Come in, come in and see us. Uh, one mile east of 270 and 44, 9901 Watson Road. And southernarmory.com. Southernarmory.com. That's southernarmory.com. And of course, Southern Armory on Facebook to get your questions answered. Check out the uh, the podcast that Aaron has there on the Facebook page as well, on the Southern Armory Facebook page. And uh, make sure you tune in each and every week right here to Second Amendment Radio. Aaron joins us uh, at the beginning of every show. Aaron Tarlow, thank you so much for your time today, sir. We'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks, sir. Have a good day. Be safe out there, guys. Yeah, back at you. All right, let's take a quick break, and when we get back, we are going to talk to State Representative Nick Schroer, get his thoughts on some of the uh, things, uh, the big issues surrounding this election year and how it may affect your Second Amendment rights here in the state of Missouri. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Where do we go? Colombo here in studio with producer Chad Ellis and my partner Bo Matthews. Bo, I don't know if you uh, were listening there before we came back on the air uh, to that uh, spot I did for Bluff City Outdoors, but um, I mentioned. Oh yeah, I heard that. Oh yeah, is that? Uh, oh yeah. Did I speak out of turn there, or am I right about your pond being open to the public? You better take those words out your <laughs> mouth because nobody, and I mean nobody, is allowed. Somebody has already been there and taken all the cats. <laughs> so I don't know why somebody else can't come and get all the bass out of there. That's well, you know I'm what? Saying. You make a good point. There is no reason to come fish my lake because there's nothing in there now. Yeah, it has been. Thanks it, to you. Yeah, it has been emptied. It has been emptied. Not thanks to me. Not thanks to me. Um, oh, boy. You know, I was mentioning that uh, the great weather, great time to be outside, enjoying the great outdoors. And, of course, anytime we talk about the great outdoors here on Second Amendment Radio, it's brought to you by 
Razorback Armory. They are your full-service firearm shop that strives to be the area's premier destination for firearm enthusiasts. You're looking for something specific, looking for a suppressor, they are your guys. Jesse, Brad, and Kenny do a great job. You'll love them on Manchester Road, a half mile east of 270, online at RazorbackArmory.com. Tell them Bo sent you. Mm-hmm. And as I mentioned in that last segment, joining us now on the line is Representative Nick Schroer. Uh, Rep. Sure, it's always great to talk with you, my friend. How's it going? Oh, it is going. Uh, been a busy <laughs> week, been a massively busy week with a special session we're in. Uh, the DNC is yeah. uh, all, all but in the bag, and now we're uh, ready for the Republican National Convention. So, yeah, tell us about the uh, tell us about the special session. What you guys have been uh, working on? What the point of that was? It's one of those um, stories with everything else going on. The DNC being one of them. Uh, you know that a lot of people aren't uh, aren't hearing about. So what are you, what are you guys working on in this special session? Yeah. So uh, for for memory's sake, I'm just going to refresh everyone's recollection. Uh, yeah. It was last month when Governor Parson uh, completely fed up, like many of us are, with the violent crime, the murders, uh, many youth being lost to this violent crime uh, in our inner cities. He called a special session for us to address it. He's been uh, moving around the state for many months, if not years discussing with uh, bipartisan leaders across the state on uh, some solutions. So um, we finally came in. Uh, the Senate did their job. They kicked us a bill. Uh, it was all compiled into one. We decided, I guess, the leadership in the House decided to take it piece by piece. I have three of those bills, uh, two dealing with uh, unlawful transfer of weapons to to minors, uh, putting guns in the hands of minors that shouldn't have them, and then them using them. Uh, not only the adult using the, the minor to effectuate that crime, but uh, the juvenile using the gun, but also certification of uh, minors using these uh, these guns and violent crime. So uh, ultimately, we're going to be discussing that on the House floor Monday and Tuesday. We'll see how that goes. But uh, the governor also expanded that call to deal with the uh, the violent crime stacking up and the murders that are not being tried by prosecutor Kim Gardner. Mm. Go ahead, Bo. And yeah, when when you when you're preparing for a day to go in and and fight your case, whatever that is, do you do you actually look at uh, do you look at at what's going on? Like, uh, is, is it uh, Shaman Dogan? Uh, is he is he part of your uh, is he part of your your uh, team on that? Well, I think the first thing you need to do when you're preparing for a day like that is uh, take a page out of Tony Colombo's book and take a big, big Red Bull or Monster energy drink. Uh, <laughs> you know him hellacious. well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, even, you know, Shamed, we, we see eye to eye on some things, on other things, such as the juvenile certification bill that I have. Uh, in the past, I, I had the Raise the Age bill, which would not automatically treat 17-year-olds as adults, but would still allow for them to be to go through the certification process. Uh, Shamed is a chairman of a committee that the, the certification bill went through. I believe he took it way too far, which would stop anyone under the age of 16 from ever, ever being tried as an adult in even the most heinous situations. Mm. So that's something that I've heard from Republicans and Democrats. We're going to have to peel that back and make a common-sense amendment to that bill because we've seen – you know, fourteen-year-old shooters just recently shooting, uh, you know, killing another fourteen-year-old, fourteen-year-old shooter, uh, shooting and wounding a uh, an officer off duty. So this this is a situation where I think you just have to be prepared for anything. Uh, and you know, you sometimes you find teammates on the other side of the aisle. Sometimes you you have teammates on your side of the aisle that you don't see eye to eye. But uh, you know, ultimately, when, when lives are being lost, you have to prepare. 
uh, and hopefully effectuate that goal of protecting the most Missourians as possible. Nick, could you flush that out a little bit more? The the bill that that you are um, that that you're sponsoring to to because some people will hear that, and I know that some of our listeners are no compromise gun rights enthusiasts, and right. I'm with you most of the way. But I believe, and I think you do too. Um, in common sense, you know, reforms, common sense. And some people will say, well, but if you start, if you start, you know, negotiating, if you know, that just opens the door for the left to keep trying to take our rights away. Uh, Okay. That there might be an argument there, but that doesn't mean that, that we just don't install common sense laws and restrictions to keep people safe. So could you just kind of flush that out a little bit more, what what you're working on, so people completely yeah. understand um, yeah, there, the rules? Yeah, there's one the, of the bills the that we have on, uh, on unlawful transfer, which has been in law, I think, since the 80s, uh, well before my time, well, several years before my time. <laughs> and um, what, what this ultimately does is it, it makes it very, it's very broad language. It's already in place. And what we're doing is, uh, seeing that we need to revamp that law. And, you know, being on this show, I think it's an appropriate place to state that this week we added language to protect a grandpa, an uncle, a family member who's wanting to take their kids out for lawful target shooting, lawful hunting, lawful gun training. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we're trying to do is differentiate those cases, which we want 100% of the protection of the law behind them uh, in asserting their Second Amendment rights versus. The, the individual such as a gang member or some sort of adult that's putting the hands or putting gun in the hands of, of a youth and saying, okay, but we know that the juvenile justice system is not going to crack down on you. So go over there and shoot up, you know, whatever it is, whether mm-hmm. it's a business, uh, a rival gang member. So that's what we're trying to do. We're taking a very old law that could have been used, could have been used to go after, let's say, uh, you know, a husband and wife are split up. The husband decides to go take the uh, the kids out for, uh, you know, 22 target practicing uh, or squirrel hunting, and then she's going to use this archaic law. Well, now we're fixing that. We're fixing that and protecting law-abiding, law-abiding citizens versus those that are actually using guns, which they shouldn't be. We have many laws on them, and, and you know, right now that you have to have permission uh, of the parent, yada, 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 um, you, you know, certain things that you shouldn't be doing with guns, especially killing people um, and, and cracking down on that. So I can expand, uh, expand I, all day on these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to I talk about the age thing because I'm a little confused. I saw the article in the Missouri Net, and it talks right. about the, you know raising the age. So for moms and dads, dads out there, are you saying that the responsibility uh, for the minors should be, there should be more responsibility on the parents? Well, on on my bill a couple years ago, and I know Tony and I, uh, the libertarian part in us, Hmm. um, you know, we really, (laughs) I think we came to an agreement that, you know, 17-year-olds, they're not treated as an adult in 99.9% of scenarios in our state. However, the only 1% is uh, in our courtrooms. So that's something where automatically that bill a couple years ago, we passed it. It's going to finally go in effect next year where if they go and steal a can of soda, they're not automatically being thrown into the adult system. Now it still allows us from the current law, which has been in place for for a long time, decades, anyone for the most heinous of offenses, the most heinous crime, uh, automatically goes into a certification hearing where the judge – 
the prosecutors, the family members, they all come together and there's 10 factor analysis to determine, is it more appropriate to, to keep this juvenile in the juvenile justice system to give them resources? Can they be rehabilitated or is this crime like, let's say, the Menendez brothers? Is it so atrocious that they, they belong in the adult system? Now, that was between 12 years old and uh, I guess 17 years old. And now what they've done with this amendment on my bill, which and I can go into more detail on that, but what they've done with this amendment is basically handcuff the juvenile justice system to say, we don't care what type of offense it is. We don't care how heinous the, the offender is uh, or if there's no shot to rehabilitate him, him or her. Uh, if they are under the age of 16, they can never be tried as an adult. Uh, and I think mm-hmm. that, you know, there has to be, uh, especially with our juvenile justice system, they do hold the parents accountable. They do bring them in to say, okay, we're going to hang this over your head that you have to at least, you know, get them through school or get them to, uh, you know, whatever counselor they need, uh, because let's say they might be 12, 13, 14, they can't drive. But at the right. same time, I still think that the, the courts, I, st- I think society as a whole, I think the victims, the family members of those who have been murdered should have a say into whether a 13, 14, 15, 16 year old should be tried as an adult if the situation may warrant. Nick, another uh, issue I want to talk to you about, we're talking to State Representative Newsmaker Nick Schroer. Um, another issue that came out this week, or story came out this week, was Sam Page um, uh, announced a $7 million, or proposed, I should say, proposed <laughs> a $7 million budget cut to the St. Louis County Police Department. Um, the $7 million would either eliminate all the scheduled pay raises that voters approved with Proposition P, or it would eliminate officers. So those are kind of the two ways that you could accomplish uh, this proposed $7 million budget cut. You could could erase everybody's pay raises, or you could eliminate officers. And it would actually be somewhere in the neighborhood of 100 St. Louis County police officers would be eliminated to um, uh, facilitate this $7 million budget cut. Uh, first, your your thoughts on this plan by the county executive, and then is it is there any discussion at the state level? Is there anything that the governor or or you guys, the lawmakers at the state level, can do to intervene in this issue? You know, the thought um, it's infuriating. You know, I know many many good men and women uh, behind the badge of uh, in the blue that you know. Their lives, their, you know, everything would be up in the air if they're either losing their pay raises, which I thought Democrats were all about effectuating what the people did. And the people voted to put more money in the pockets of our officers for more training and other things such as that. Um, you know, it, it's another silly move from the silly page, which why didn't he do it before the primary? I, I know exactly why. It's because there are many Democrats out there still that believe in law and order. And that's why I think it's going to make a big difference come November for not only his race, not only the governor's race, but Trump's race as well. But yes, there are things that we can do. um, And, you know, it's not necessarily news making scenario, but uh, it's news making in the works, I guess you could say. Uh, Texas this past week, I saw that um, Governor Abbott down there has indicated he's wanting um, a, a property tax freeze. I believe it is a property tax freeze on these certain cities and counties that are, quote-unquote, defunding the police. Now, I know the the Democrats have a a different definition of what defunding is, as they're just taking millions upon millions of dollars uh, rather than just defunding them as a whole, 
per Webster's Dictionary, but that's something that I'm going to consider, and I'm actually working with House Research right now uh, as we speak to figure out is that something that we can do as well to deter this type of behavior because we've seen in these types of, in these cities um, controlled by Democrats year in year out crime continues to skyrocket and you know we have police where we're dealing with a a bill right now on the archaic residency rule where police would have to live within the confines of St Louis City we're going to try to get rid of that finally to help recruiting. Um, But this is just another wrong move from a Democrat administration that is playing party politics rather than looking out for the people they represent. Hey, Nick, uh, what is your take on the uh, DNC as far as gun laws are going? Uh, Is anything standing out that uh, maybe shocked you or, or not? Oh, well, you know, I'm, it's 2020. There's not a lot that shocks me nowadays. It was just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I think a week or two ago, we had fire tornadoes for the first time ever. Um, the NOAA, you know, I think it was out in California right now. But um, no, it, you know, it was shocking to see the media's take of all this, where you had individuals like Bernie Sanders, extremists like AOC, uh, flip-flop right. Biden, who's gone back and forth on gun rights. And then you have uh, Harris, Kamala Harris, they're all being portrayed as, quote-unquote, moderate centrists in the media's eye on this massive Zoom meeting that they had this past week. That's the thing that surprises me. Um, I think, you know, when you, when you pull, pull the curtain back, you're, you're actually going to see what they want. We've seen Biden where he indicated that, you know, as far as gun rights are concerned, he's going to have the gun czar who, who said he's going to come in and take your guns. And um, yeah. uh, the, the gentleman No, it's a voluntary, in, uh, voluntary yeah. buyback. Voluntary buyback. No, That's what they're calling he, it. <laughs> but yeah, but remember Biden said that he would he would make Beto O'Rourke his gun czar, and Beto O'Rourke is the guy who said he would go door to door and take people's ARs. Absolutely. Yeah. And then you right, and, but and he then you have it. oh he did. <laughs> well, it, it says instead. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. His, his plan has a voluntary buyback program through which gun owners can sell assault weapons. So my question is, who's going to who's going to uh, end up receiving those guns that are bought back by the government? Right. Are, is, is it the same people that are going to be uh, delivering uh, pallets of bricks at the uh, different protesters? Are they going to get the guns? Where are they going to what are they going to do with them? This, 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 it makes no sense. It's a perfect segue from talking about police reform to defunding the police, which Biden has even said on camera that, yes, they're going to start pulling millions away from police. And and that's something that scares me because we have the same group that wants to take guns out of the hands of law-abiding citizens, stating that the police are the only ones that should have these types of weapons, but at the same time are trying to either defund and whole, get rid of police, or not expand the police departments. So I don't know who's going to protect me, my daughters, your families, your pond even from from thieves and, and you know trying to come in and, and scoop up all like those me guys. and all my friends. <laughs> Absolutely. So th- this is a discussion that that has to be had in, in states like Missouri, states like Illinois, even uh, in Southern Illinois, which I think the part of Southern Illinois that I'm very familiar with that were blue years ago are now red as can be because it's not mm. that their their policies have changed. The party has changed. And I think on a debate stage from top down, from the, the, the Trump campaign to the Parson campaign, these deba- de- debates have to be had not only on this show, but on shows across the U.S. Great stuff. That is State Representative Nick Schroer. Before we let you go, uh, Representative Schroer, how do people follow you on social media, all the stuff that you guys are working on there and Jeff City, websites, um, all that good stuff? 
Yeah, I mean it, it's fairly boring to follow me. Uh, you won't you won't see much, but if you want to, you can go to Twitter at Nick B Schroer. Uh, if you can't spell all those German names out, you can just uh, go to nickforrep.com. <laughs> Nick for Rep, all spelled out. That'll link you to everything. You'll be thoroughly entertained. Yes, you will. I I, I could uh, second that emotion, no doubt. Uh, <laughs> newsmaker Nick Schroer, thank you so much for your time, sir. We'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, have a great weekend, guys. You bet. All right, we got to take a quick break. We get back more Second Amendment Radio and the great outdoors. Don't go anywhere. I'm through with standing in line. The clubs I'm never getting. It's like the bottom of the ninth, and I'm never gonna win this. Life hasn't turned out quite the way I want it to be. Tell me what you want. I want a brand new house on an episode of Cribs and a bathroom. I Okay. <laughs> Finally. That's what we're doing. Finally. That's what we're doing. Okay. No, of all the times I've I've not recognized music, I've always said, hey, by the way, is that Nickelback? Well, I know that's Nickelback. Yeah. I know that's Nickelback, too. Why do you sound sad, Tony? Welcome back to Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. <laughs> Just Thanks avoid so it. Let's go much. get an Arby's. Everybody hates Arby's, too. Thanks for so much. I love Arby's. Thank you so much for tuning in. Man, their mozzarella sticks at Arby's. Woo! Yeah, they're pretty good. <laughs> yeah, the sweet tea, too. Very, very good. Uh, only one segment to go here on the radio show, but want to remind you about the podcast exclusive. And if you missed anything on today's show, a couple great conversations with uh, Aaron Tarlow, of course, the owner of Southern Armory. And in the last segment, we just talked to State Representative Nick Schroer. If you missed any of that or you just would like to hear it again, don't forget about our podcast. We put out two podcasts of Second Amendment Radio every week. The show podcast goes out on Fridays, so you actually can get the show and get the podcast before the show even airs. That way, if you are out and about on your weekend and you want to listen to Second Amendment Radio while you're fishing or hunting or camping or anything else, you can do so. And then we put out the podcast exclusive on Mondays. And this week on the podcast exclusive, we're going to talk to our buddy, the professional fisherman, Mike Marfell. He has been uh, doing a bunch of uh, of social media here uh, recently. We're going to talk to him about that and about the uh, most recent fishing tournaments and uh, fishing that he's been able to do this summer. So it's always great to talk fishing with Mike Marfell, and we'll do that in the podcast exclusive this week. You can get our podcast just about anywhere you get podcasts. But I recommend the Radio.com app because it's free. It's one-stop shopping for the entire radio station. You just favorite the station when you get uh, the the app downloaded. Then you can stream the station 24-7. You can rewind live radio. And you can download the podcast of this and every other show on the station. All of it on the Radio.com app app and uh, very much looking forward to talking fishing with Mike Marfell and anytime that we talk about fishing here on Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors of course it's brought to you by Bluff City Outdoors just across the river in Alton Illinois they specialize in big catfish gear rods reels hook weights and they also have a huge selection of crappie and bass lures and just about anything else you need to go fishing if you are going to be on the water they have you covered at Bluff City Outdoors check them out at Bluff City outdoors.com. 
Uh, Bo, real quick, um, only a couple minutes left in the show today. One of the other big stories of the week that we didn't get a chance to touch on was the fact that the McCloskeys, of course, uh, here, uh, St. Louis story uh, that has gone national big time, are going to be speaking at the RNC. Are you uh, are you looking forward to seeing the McCloskeys at the RNC? And do you think that's a, a good play for the Republicans? Well, when you say at the RNC, will they be at or will they will they be on video? We great don't point. know if yeah, it's anything point. anything yeah. like the they're Democratic going to be National a part Convention. Of the RNC, yeah, they're going to be a part of the RNC. And their their headlines that they've made this year uh, to defend their home, their castle, if you will, uh, is interesting because they, uh, as far as I knew from when they were trying to explain who Mark McCloskey was, was that he uh, defends. Uh, he's defended civil rights as an attorney. Mm. He supports BLM. Uh, he is a Democrat. We don't, you know what? Here's the problem. Wow. Benny Johnson is the chief uh, creative officer for conservative nonprofit Turning Point USA, and he's known for putting out misinformation. And so he put out there uh, a guy named Mark McCloskey on the Act Blue website and donation list, right? But this is a Mark McCloskey that's in Michigan. So it's not even the wow. right guy. But man, if you, you know, it's it's like, uh, you don't want to have that guy's name if you're getting you know m- misinformation out there. So it'll be interesting to hear uh, how he's going to be presenting and how he's going to be supporting the Republican National Convention next week. So I'm I am excited to see how that goes and to see how they're going to present it. How about you? Yeah, no, I, I absolutely. I am very interested in this, in seeing that play um that that play out how they're going to how they're going to play it there at the RNC. I think the Republicans have a lot to go on as far as examples of uh, uh, protesters getting out of hand and and calling for you know Second Amendment rights and all of that stuff, uh, but I'm not positive that the McCloskeys are the best example of that. But I could be wrong, and it's going to be an, definitely an interesting thing to see. Well, we they are go. kind of the poster children of you know yeah. of of defending your home. So yeah. Anyway, yeah. wish yeah, them no. luck. We'll definitely have to we'll check it out and 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 talk about it uh, for sure here on Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Make sure you download our podcast on the Radio.com app. And for producer Chad Ellis and my partner Bo Matthews, I'm Tony Colombo. See you back here next week for another edition of Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. See you, boys. This has been Second Amendment Radio in the Great Outdoors, sponsored by Intervine. Get the best camping lanterns, flashlights, and more at Intervine.com.